Blog Talk Radio. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? My name is Quincy. And this is my show, the Talk to Q Radio Show. It's almost like posting a blog, except I'm doing it live. Tonight, my name is Quincy, and this is my show. And tonight, we are discussing abortion shaming, uh, the power of black dollars, and how to respond to cheating, uh, depending on certain situations. But first, let me explain to you how this show works for those who may be new to the broadcast. This show is a platform for you. The callers, the chat room participants, the social networkers, all of you have the opportunity to voice chat or tweet your opinions to me and be heard worldwide and completely uncensored. Because here on T2Q, there are no experts, just opinions. Unlike most shows where you simply just listen to the host talk on and on, I allow you the opportunity to speak your mind. You can join my show legends each episode and discuss a wide range of things like relationships, current events, sports, politics, and more. This show is very informal by design because, let's face it, my style is very unorthodox in nature. The topics are random, but they're relevant with what's going on in the world today. The call-in number to step on your soapbox is 347-202-0215. That's 347-202-0215. If you decide to call in and you get the urge to voice your opinion, then after you connect, simply hit one on your dial pad. That lets me know that you're ready to speak, and it places you in the host queue. And please mute your phone if you're not speaking at the time, because background noise picks up easily over cell phones and headsets. Now, another way you can contribute to the show is to follow me on Twitter at TalkToQ. There is a live tweet chat that occurs during the show, and you can respond to some of the same questions that I'm asking over the air in most cases. Please search and use hashtag T2Q to read and respond to all show tweets. If you want to learn more about me, 
the show or the show legends, then journey on over to TalkToQ.com. And if you can't listen to the entire show live, then you can find T2Q on iTunes and just pick up where you left off. Maintenance complete. T2Q radio show number 569 starts right after a word from our sponsors, thecrystalshow.com, ColleenKnife.com, and a New Testament Gospera. This wild thing, and you tuned in to the hottest show on the globe, The Crystal Show. I might get your phone played on the radio station. I might get your phone played on the radio station. The Crystal Show is back with great new musical artist interviews, great author interviews, get crystallized celebrity buzz, and all of the funny, entertaining insights that you have grown to love about The Crystal Show. Let's not forget about our great segment from a pimp's perspective with Eminem himself. Stream the podcast that will air every Thursday and Saturday. Hit subscribe on thecrystalshow.com to stay up to date on the newest podcast. See you there, baby. this curling up in your favorite spot with your favorite beverage and what will soon be your favorite book sounds ideal right colleen nye best-selling author of the unattainable series and immersion as well as the lead author of the lunchtime anthologies invites you to pick up a book and escape whether you like romance comedy thrillers or crime drama she's got you covered ebooks available on kindle nook ibook and kobo and print available on Amazon or through a brick-and-mortar store near you. You can find her on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or simply go to www.colleennye.com. Because there's nothing like a book to take you to far-off worlds or to bring a little adventure into your life. www.colleennye.com. Ladies and gentlemen, it's crowdfunding time. Dee Downing, the founder of Scottsboro Productions, is inviting you to join in producing his new movie musical sensation, A New Testament Gospera. This feature film, based on the four gospels of the New Testament, is comprised of 26 original scores with hip-hop, pop, rhythm and blues, and light rock genres. Each scene is like a music video, but performed in sequence, they convey the gospel story in an exciting new way. So hurry up and visit. Separate each word with a dash. A New Testament Gospera.com. All right. My thanks to TheCrystalShow.com. Um, go there and check out um, her website, and you can keep up to date on the schedules for her upcoming podcast releases. Uh, my thanks to ColleenNye.com, C-O-L-L-E-E-N-N-Y-E.com, and A New Testament Gospera. Thank you for all being sponsors of tonight's Talk to Q radio show. No experts, just opinions. 
All right. Um, you know what? Before I get into what I want to talk about first, let me welcome on a couple of callers. To the 248 area code I go, the outskirts of Detroit, Michigan, to bring on the author, the hostess, the show legend, Crystal Hickerson of thecrystalshow.com. What's going on, Chris? Thank you. How are you? I am outstanding. How are you doing? Pretty good. All right. Glad to have you on. You sound excited. All right. <laughs> to, to the 850 area code I go. To the Emerald Coastline of Pensacola, Florida. To welcome on the man in black, the homie Buck, working his way to the ring. What's up, Buck? What up, what up? How's everybody doing this evening? How you doing, Crystal? Doing well, man. How are you doing? Hey, Buck. All right. First thing I'm going to talk before we really just get into the show. Um, I'm watching the Grammys last night, and, I, I'm, of course, I'm on Facebook and Twitter doing my thing. And I came across um, a headline that said, Vanity um, of Vanity Dicks had passed away at the age of 57. And I know Buck. Can, can feel me on this because growing up, I mean, there were, you know, tons of celebrities as a teenage guy that you fell in love with. Vanity was one of mine, okay? I mean, I loved all the Prince protégés, and Vanity was probably my favorite. And so I really hated to hear this. This is someone who, you know, started with movies in the, in the 80s, 52 Pickup, Action Jackson, you know, then she first, you know, her affiliation with Prince and what she did with him and the one the one album Vanity Six released, to my knowledge, one album. Uh, she did The Last Dragon. Um, you know, struggled with drugs for a bit, but she turned her life around in the nineties. And I really hated to see this, you know, fifty seven is such a young age in my opinion. So, um I mean, but like I said, I know you were a fan too. Do you wanna comment? Yeah, it was uh, real sad to hear. Um, you know, it was funny that uh, I was actually thinking about putting up my, we had a collection that was uh, called Vase, called, with, with, that includes Vanity Apollonia and Sheila E., you know, which they were all, you know, women that Prince fa- kind of founded or whatnot. But um, it was really sad to see. But, you know, the bad, you know, it's really bad when you're 57 years old and, She'd been battling a lot of health issues due to all the drug abuse that she had uh, encountered during her younger years. But in, in later years, she's actually, um, you know, she had found the Lord and whatnot and was going in the right direction. So in the Lord, at least that's, you know, a real good deal there. But uh, this should be a, uh, an, an example to those young ones that are listening to the show that, you know, drugs may not get you now, but they will get you later. Uh, yeah, with, you know complications. Uh, with Rick all, James, you know, it's, yep, Rick James, uh, Tina Marie. I mean, all these great talents. Um, you know, when you experiment with all these drugs and things of that nature, you can cut your life short. So let this be, you know, a word to the wise out there. You know, it's just this woman had a lot, a lot of talent, and it's just unfortunate that you know it succumbed to this. So. Hopefully, you know, her death can be somebody else's inspiration to, you know, stop early before it's too late, before, you know, you 
cut your life short. And Crystal, you have any comments on um, Miss Miss Denise Matthews, aka Vanity? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, that was definitely my time of life uh, in the eighties. And Vanity, who was supposed to be in Purple Rain, <laughs> um, hmm. wasn't at the, at the moment. Um, and you know, and seeing her in, of course, The Last Dragon, which was is one of my favorite movies, and I watched it just a few, um, just about a week or so ago. And I mean, I remember the Vanity Six. Um, Nasty girl. I mean, all of that. I mean, that was definitely us back then. And uh, she was a big part of it. Sheila E., of course. Um, really, those two more so than Apollonia. But Apollonia, yeah. of course, because of the movie. But, right. um, you know, I mean, yeah, it is unfortunate. And I agree with Buck. You know, you. it is about how you live your life sometimes. Um and to see her go so young, well, you know, 57 is very young. And, you know, but she, I think she was a great talent and um, a great singer and, you know, a, a great actor. I think she did very well in those movies. And Yeah, I loved her in Action Jackson. You know, so, I mean, it is sad. It's really sad to hear, um, you know, that she is. Has gone on, but of course, uh, you know, prayers go out to her family, and um, I wish her the best, the rest in peace. Yeah, and um, I remember she was one of the first posters I remember buying uh, when I got brave enough to put posters of women on my wall without any fear of my mom retaliating. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it was like, like Buck said, we we had our our base collection, Vanity, Apollonia, Lee. The Spencer's gifts every week, and you hope to get one of those posters, you know. And, I mean, posters were a big deal back then. I don't know if kids even care about posters now since so you have Instagram. But, uh, yeah, it was like, you know, she was just a, a fan favorite of so many guys because she had the look, but she also, you know, had the talent. You enjoyed seeing her in movies and, and you know, in her videos, so. Sad to see her go at the age of 57. And um, I haven't heard of any comments from Prince, uh, but, you know, I, I would definitely love to see him uh, release some type of statement or whatever. I did see something from Sheila E. But, all right, so we will go ahead and get into the show. 347-202-0215 is the number on the Talk to Q radio show. Three different topics tonight. We're talking about um, cheating, abortion shaming, and the power of black dollars. But I'm going to start off with just a few basic questions on cheating because this came up, um, and the reason I'm bringing this scenario up, this came up in a conversation I had with a few friends, and we were talking about how you respond to cheating. Um, I mean, if you are if you live long enough, somebody will probably cheat on you. Um, I mean, you may not find out, but, I mean, you know, someone will probably cheat on you, you know, and you may find out. So how you handle that a lot of times can determine – your future in so many ways. But, Crystal, I'll start with you. When it's just a boyfriend-girlfriend situation, if you've been dating someone for, let's say, a year, and you found out that he cheated on you, 
all right, just through maybe text messages or something of that na- nature. Um, how would you respond? It's been a year. It's, it's your boyfriend. It's not like it's a fiancé or a spouse. And, I mean, you talk forgiveness, you walk away, confrontation. How, how does that one-year mark kind of play into your decision? Yeah, it's probably just walk away. I mean, you know, after a year, and you can figure out whether or not you want to be together, and apparently he doesn't want to be with me if he's with somebody else. So you just move on. Go to the next one. Okay. And but from a man's perspective? Best thing to do is move on. Um, It's just, you know, you can't really save that because you don't know what that other person um, is dealing with. And, you know, you don't know, you know, once that that chain of command has been broken, you know, it's just best to just move forward. There's no reason to look back. So, this, you know, the way I look at it, you know, I'm too important. And if I wasn't important enough to you to make the right, you know, do the right thing, then it was time to move on anyway. That's a great way of looking at it. That is a great way of looking at it. And, um, all right, so let's kind of change the scenario a little bit, Crystal. What if it's a fiancé, someone you've already agreed to marry? Okay. Um, well, then we're going to have some major problems. <laughs> and um, um, Because I guess as I'm his fiancé, then I'm obviously possibly in love with him, so... Uh, you know, I would hope so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would. There would be arguments and stuff like that, and we would have to work it out, um, possibly. But from different from the other scenario, it would be where I would try to figure out what's going on here. But I don't know. I mean, you know, once you break that trust, because you think, okay, I'm at the threshold here with this person. So, I mean, is it just going to be a continued thing into my marriage now? So if I find out before we get married, maybe I can dodge a bullet and just, mm-hmm. you know, keep it moving. Right. And, Buck, what do you think, man? Uh, what if it's a fiancé? You got to keep it moving. It's just simple, simple and plain. got to keep it moving. Because okay. I mean, if you got you having problems on the front end, and you know, it, it makes it makes my job it makes my hello. I lost your butt. All right. Well, we kind of some we can understand what he was saying there, so we'll come back to butt. And uh, all right, so Crystal, final scenario. And again, I'm doing this because there's some people who are listening who had a difference of opinions. And uh, so final scenario, Crystal, what if it's your spouse, someone you've married? How long have we been married? Uh, You know, I never did include that in the equation, but let's just say, let's say two years. Spouse, no kids. No kids? No kids. Hmm. All right, well, no kids. Uh, I guess that all depends on a few things. Um, 
Oh, and how much do I have to lose? Basically, I guess. Mm-hmm. By walking away. And as far as the future of this relationship, um, you know, how much have we actually invested in a life and in the future? Uh-huh. Um, is there anything to, without kids, I don't know, it's outside of a business that we share together or a lifestyle, I don't know if um, it would be worth um, hanging on to. It's only been a couple of years. So, so the things that ground you, for me anyway, in a marriage would be children, um, our lifestyle, which includes maybe our career, um, our business, or, or what we our goals that we've set. In right. The team. So, and then, you know, it's just some skank, you know, <laughs> that he, you know, he fucked. I mean, he is a guy after all. I mean, this is what men do. So, I mean, that'd be big of a deal. But if this is someone that it's obvious it's a more of a, a relationship situation or, you know, maybe she's pregnant, you know, things oh, like that, no. then, then, yeah, then I'd have to let it go because it, it truly will in, inter, you know, interfere with my life. So depends on how badly, you know, it's fucked up. It's, you know, it's something like that where it's really something that we can't really come back from. Okay, okay. And, Buck, what about you, man? You've been married two years, no kids. Um, you know, what's your reaction then? You walk away, confrontation, get revenge, or you cheat yourself. I mean, how do you handle it? Man, you just have to really, you know, you just got to kind of weigh your options and see where you're at because, you know, if it's worth salvaging, salvaging, then do it. If not, depending on what the you know, circumstances are, you know, with no kids, it'd probably be easier to walk away than it would be to try to salvage it. But it just depends on the circumstances, and you, you just have to weigh your options. But once you're married to the person, Regardless of whether you have kids or not, you really kind of got to evaluate things and, you know, what's going on. It's probably easier to evaluate if it happened further down the road than right at the beginning of your marriage. But, you know, in any event, you got to talk about it and kind of weigh your options from there. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I mean, this is situational. There's so many variables. Uh, most people, if you have kids, it's probably an easier decision if you have kids than if you don't. Because if you have kids, I think most people are going to lean towards trying to work things out. But, um, of course, it depends maybe on how old you are. If you're 22, 23 years old, you may want to cut bait and start over. You're still young. Um, if you're 56, 57 years old, you may be like, uh, you know, I ain't trying to go out and find nobody else. I'll give them a second, give, give them a second chance. So there are a lot of variables in the scenarios. Um but I just wanted to toss it around just to get some outside opinions for my friends to kind of let them finish their dis their discussion. Because uh, one of them was pretty much, no, you work it out. No, you stay by all costs. And the other one's like, no, you leave. And, you know, that teaches them, if nothing else, not to do it again with the next person. So everyone kind of has their difference of opinions on this. But uh, like you all said, a lot of things factor into it. But I appreciate your help with that little social experiment. 
Well, I'll let you know how that turns out when they hear the show. Uh, so, um, I want to move on to another topic, and this is something I came across a couple of weeks ago, and I kind of held on to it. And essentially what happened, um, I'm trying to remember the details of the story, and Crystal, if you've heard it, maybe you can help me out. Uh, there's this guy, and I can't remember, he's a pretty popular guy. Well, he was part of a popular group, I'll say that. But anyway, from what I understand, he and Stacy Dash used to date back in the day, and she got pregnant by this guy. And I guess maybe they were kind of on the outs, and she was started dating someone else, and the new guy t- t- allegedly talked her into getting an abortion. Says, you know, they can start their own life together with their own family and all that stuff. So Stacy Dash got the abortion, and then the guy took the social media um, years later, I guess, I guess it's been years later, to kind of out her on her getting the abortion and allegedly killing his child because of some other dude. And it, it was just kind of ugly. And, you know, things have changed over the years with social media, and there are a lot of laws that don't protect against certain things that may happen with social media. And, you know, they're kind of like making these laws on the fly. So, Crystal, let me start with you. Because, you know, I guess there's certain expectations of privacy when it comes to certain medical procedures. But in your opinion, Crystal, should it be illegal to announce that someone had an abortion without that person's consent, even if you were the father? Um, not necessarily illegal, but um, you could, you know... If this person kept going on, I guess you could sue for harassment, um, trying to defame their character or something like that or whatever, if it's affected, you know, their job or something like that, you know. But, um, but it's, and, you know, they may be, even be able to sue regarding privacy issues. But as far as illegal not in the sense of criminally illegal, just the fact of depending on what they're doing and how they're doing it, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, I think with any type of medical procedure, whether, you know, abortion, disectomy, you know, whatever, I mean, that, first of all, it's usually it's up to the person, the people involved, you know, so I guess if the wife knows that, you know, her ex-husband had a vasectomy and he was in a new relationship <laughs> and, you know, she knew that this woman wanted to have kids and he was like, well, you do know you can't have any kids. He had a vasectomy. I had the paperwork. I know that, you know, <laughs> or something. I mean, to fuck up their relationship. Wow. I mean, that's just information that you can use in order to do that. So it's kind of the same thing. only difference is nowadays, and since she's a, a somewhat of a celebrity, um, that it, you know, he can just throw it on Twitter or something and let it go, you know, and just let it mm-hmm. fly. So, just to be an ass. I mean, what, you know, my thing is why now? I mean, why even, I mean, did he not know? I mean, wh- I mean what difference I does it make? I know he knew, you know? I don't know. But the thing about it is, you know, what difference does it make at this point how or why she came to that decision I mean, he doesn't know that that was the case, <laughs> that, you know, that 
she sat down with her new boyfriend and decided to make this decision, you know, I mean, I'm sure they talked about it, but ultimately it was her decision. And maybe she decided, I'm not going to be with this person. Why in the hell would I want to have this child? I don't want that. I want to move on with my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want to be, you know, anchored Tired to this person for 18, 20 years. So I don't know. I mean, but ultimately it was it's her decision. So however he came to that realization or thinking, maybe he just thinks that's why. Um, okay. But whatever. Yeah. But you don't think it should be against the law by any means? No, not against the law. No. I mean, I don't All think right. you, could, you could measure that anyway. I mean, you could, no. Mm-mm. Okay. Let me go to the 601 area code, to the Magnolia State of Mississippi. To bring on the Minister of Sexual Affairs, Eminem. What's happening, bro? Well, Q, what a radio world. Not too much. Eminem's Stacey Dash allegedly had an abortion because her new boyfriend wanted her to not have any ties to her old boyfriend, who was supposed to be the father. And he went to social media and basically blasted her about having an abortion. Uh... You know, there are a lot of laws that haven't caught up to modern times yet. So should there be something outlawing, I guess, abortion shaming or releasing medical information on people without their consent on social media? Uh, it depends on who it is. Because, like, uh, who, who put what on social media? Was the, It was the the the, 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 dude, of the, the baby. baby's Yeah, the baby's father was mad. And talking about, you killed my child over another dude. Well, and I see, but see, that's what I was gonna. That's, I, I thought that's what you had said. But yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I think it, it should be uh, illegal for everybody except for the actual parent. I mean, the the way the pretty much law is written, pretty much for uh, everybody. Now, <laughs> the way things are in so many different situations and all that, you know, people just kind of you know lean one way or the other. But for the most part. Two people are responsible for you, period. And those two people have rights to, to um, you know, say whatever they want to say or do whatever they want to do. It's just that, you know, nine times out of ten it's a conflict. That's why we have, you know, um, uh, the relationship situations we have. Because, you know, most people just, you know, most people just, you know, people don't want to say it. Most motherfuckers out there just fucking, man. You know what I'm saying? And then... Then the backlash is, you know, then this person ain't that, or she ain't this, or the dude ain't that, and you know everything else is after the fact. But I mean, you know, um, you might look at it as a low blow, but I mean, anybody else, it would be wrong, totally, like from a legal standpoint, in my opinion. But if mm-hmm. he's the father of the baby, I mean, unless they, unless it's just some dude just saying it. If he's the father of the child, I mean, shit, he, he should have a right to speak on it, especially if he wanted the kid. You know what I mean? You know, right. so uh, that 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 and that's even taking it to another level that really should be uh, looked at in modern times because, like I say, you know, um, you can't have one way without the other. I mean, if you want, if everything's the the deadbeat this, the deadbeat that. Okay, if a, if a die, guy don't want to be a deadbeat, then before you go slip, slip and cut that baby's head off or whatever shit, man, the dude should be, you know, offered the kid anyway. So, uh, you know, I think it should be that should be added to law, like you know that 
the father has, you know, ten days or whatever after notification to to uh, have a shot at it wanting responsibility. Yeah, I, I really think that should be something implemented. Now it'll be fucked up in the beginning, but what it'll do, women will be very conscious of who they are being unprotected with. Because if you know you got to get rights from the man to even abort the kid, so that'll slow some of this stuff down, you know. Uh, now, the ultimate slowdown is passing thirteen thirteen. I know it's early in the show, but, I mean, I, 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 it just brought me to that point, you know. But well, whatever you do, you have to make sure that you have some kind of mechanism built in, and nothing works better than that, you know. You know, if, if that cash passing for that ass, you know, nine times out of ten is going to be protected sex anyway, you know, unless you're just doubling the money. You know, then the chick might let you nut for free and all that shit. But, you know, other than that, you know. <laughs> Good Lord. Or somebody want to be, you know, play both sides of the of the natural way and the safe ways. It's like, okay, well, look. I tell you what, you know, don't use a condom. Just, you know, just take it off and, you know, just go with a facial or something. So. <laughs> yeah, guy, he actually got worse. <laughs> he got way worse. <laughs> so, Buck, Buck, where do you stand on abortion, though? I mean, it's something I know we may have touched on on the show, but I don't know if we are really just gave our opinions on it. Um I mean, you think a woman should have a right to choose or should it be a right to choose with certain circumstances or do the Republicans have a right and uh, basically the government should determine what's good and what's what's not? Okay, government does not have the right to tell a woman to do what she wants to do with her body regardless to what it, you know what's going on. Um, and if anybody thinks that that's the case, then they're very wrong. A woman should have a choice to abort a child regardless of, you know, whatever the circumstances may be. Uh, I know everybody, I know that's not, you know, that doesn't stand well with some of the, you know, some of the, you know, these groups that are out there. But, look, there are several different reasons. And really people should look at this the way it was looked at in the beginning. I mean, I know Eminem talked about Bill 1313, but you got to look at it like this. Sometimes these parents are just not ready, whether it be the man or the woman. They may not be ready. And then, you know, they have the kid, you know, with the, you know, go ahead and have the child. Then the child grows up into a home, you know, maybe a single-parent house, maybe a, a abusive, you know, abusive situation, um, any of those kind of things. And if the child was aborted, it alleviates all that, and it saves the taxpayers a lot of money because, if they're in a single-parent household and the dad's a deadbeat or what have you, then, you know, you know the taxpayers are paying for the child. So, I mean, there's a lot of people that may not agree with that, but you really got to look at it for what it is. And a lot of people are not going to talk about it like that, but I'm just, I'm just telling it just like it is. You know, a woman should have a choice. And, you know, if the guy wants to do, if the guy wants, the guy's not the one carrying the child. So, and you know, they, they, you have to have a meeting with the minds when something like this happens. And you got to talk about it, you got to communicate, and 
You know, it takes two. It don't take one. And, you know, it's something that, you know, if the woman decides to get, to get an abortion, then the man has to make sure that he's on her side with the, with that decision and move forward. So that's my stance on it. Crystal, what about you? Well, mine goes without saying, of course, a woman has the right um, to make a choice. Okay, it's her body. Um, just basically everything Buck was saying. Um, and as someone who has given birth and gone through the pregnancy three times, um, <laughs> it's no picnic, okay? <laughs> No fucking fix it. Looks easy on TV. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> but you know, my my thing is the slippery slope when you know you're saying, would you give the father, quote unquote, a right to you know have a say in that? You know, my first thought was I could see some guy going, no, you can't have an abortion, but you still would never hear from his ass again. He just did it to spite you. You know, I can see so many guys doing it. That's what you get, bitch. And then you still would never hear from his ass again. So you would still be in the same situation. Um, So, I mean, (laughs) that's just the first thing I thought of. And if I thought of it, then I know a whole bunch of niggas thought of it and would do that shit. So... Um, you know, absolutely not. Absolutely fucking not. I mean, if he wanted to make a decision, he would have made a decision. I mean, it would. In those, a lot of times in those situations, if there is a conversation, it's a conversation because you're in a relationship of some kind, or there's some sort of respect happening there. If you know damn well this person is not going to be around, you're not, you know, whatever. I mean, come on. And that's up to her to make that decision because ultimately it's mama's baby, you know? Daddy's maybe. Maybe. Yeah. It could happen, you know? You know, I always felt like, well, I can't say always, but over a lot of my adult years, I felt like a man should have some type of say-so. However, I thought if it came down to it to where if the man wanted to keep the child then he should be getting sole custody of the child and she should be able to waive her rights. And, of course, yeah, I mean, she's not going to want to go through the pregnancy necessarily, but, I mean, just to find a happy medium, that way he has the child, he has sole custody, so he has the responsibility, and she can go on with her life, but I know that would never be popular for a lot of people. But I just felt like that that would be a nice option, I guess. So that way you don't have a situation where the man is wanting her to have the kid and then he still doesn't take care of it. In this case, he would, you know, have to take care of the kid. He would be legally responsible and the only person responsible. Hey. And she would hey. be free and clear. And say, wait a minute. Oh, I, I just wanted to throw an opposition, not an opposition like I, I disagree because I can, I can see, you know, Crystal's point. But look at the guys who might be in situations where, you know, everything cool, clearly the woman know the dude ain't no deadbeat or nothing like that. But, you know, something happens and they break up. But now she's not getting an abortion because she think the guy going to just be some, you know, deadbeat dad. She's just doing it just to fuck with him. 
See, I mean, so it's, it's it's different ways to look at it too, you know. But when when it's just when it's all one sided, you know, and when, and what I mean by a guy should have a right or a say so, it's more so just like a uh, just a thought period, you know. It don't necessarily mean that you know he can, cause yeah, yeah, you know. I mean, I understand how it goes. I mean, physically she's carrying the kid, physically she's having the kid, but just. Almost like a, uh, I'm trying to think of uh, something not related to that that we do in the real world that uh, you know where 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 somebody it, nobody just necessarily can stop something, but they can kind of uh, detract from something being immediate. Put it that way. See what I'm saying? If the yeah. Guy, yeah. You know, like. Like if the, if the if the bra finna go tonight and have the shit, I mean if the guy say no, nah, I want my want my kid, the, you know the woman would have to stall at least ten days. The guy couldn't stop it, you know either way it go, but at least give us some thought here that you know. So if there was a situation you. where somebody want to sign a kid off, maybe in some cases, you know that would work, you know. Well, it would be nice if if men had some sort of option but I don't know how you find out what's what's you know what especially if the guy's dating and he doesn't have kids and the woman already have kids and you know she like well I don't mind you know helping you be a father but I don't want to get pregnant again all my kids is, right you know I got 10 kids and all of them damn out of high school I mean you know so you know right. situations come up everywhere that's true that's true shouts out to Sabretooth in the chat room and uh, and I also think you know it's, they should have a, a cap on abortions. And I mean, I, I'll finish the topic with this. Um, I don't know what that number would be, but um, you know, could that make a difference? I'm not sure. Anyone think that you could put a cap on abortions? And if so, what's the number? I mean, two, three, five. I mean, once you get past, to me, once you get past, you know, really. Once you get past three, and that's pushing it. After that, I mean, either you don't understand the concept of birth control, or you're <laughs> using it as birth control. You know, so after that right. point, it doesn't make sense. You know, you know, you know you're not you fourteen or fifteen all your life. Shit. Crystal. Yes. What do you think about a cap on abortions, like <laughs> no more than than two or three or? No, 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 no caps. Okay, no caps. No, none of that. It's a slippery motherfucking slope. I mean, as explain soon as you to me how it's down. I, no, no, no. Do you want? Okay, <laughs> all the pro-lifers of the world. All right, if you want to do something. You want to do something about abortion and unwanted pregnancies, et cetera, then what you should do is start giving support and to girls who are who are you know still in school. How about education? How about opening that shit up? Because they're the first person who will say, "No, we can't talk about sex." But then, boom! I mean, how would they know? Not to do it. Let's talk about self-esteem. Let's talk about so many different things that they never want to talk about. And they just say, oh, well, then they should just believe in God 
And if you believed in God and you were a Christian or whatever, <laughs> then you would simply not open your hey, legs up. It worked you know? for Sarah Palin's like, daughter. Oh, yeah, totally worked for her ass. You know, she's the biggest slut in America. So come on, all right? Well, I no, mean, but, you cannot but, do that. It's not happening. In the no, chat room, Sabertooth said no caps. But, but okay, right, let's just put an asterisk by the no cap. Okay, taking away, just say no pro-life. So, I mean, I'm not even pro-life, but the thing is, the thing is, though, I mean, you still don't want a situation where people are just saying, well, the hell with protection, too, for young girls who can't make decisions. I mean, you know, it's still the chance of contracting shit. So, you know, I'm saying you'd rather send the message that, hey, you know, uh, you know, use some contraceptive uh, and don't just use just the fact that you get an abortion is just strictly like, you know, I can just keep doing that. You know, now you got 10 or 12 abortions. I mean, I mean, goddamn, at that point, you should have got your tubes tied. <laughs> but, you know, it's like, the, I guess the reason why I do feel like um, putting a cap on it doesn't necessarily help is because if you cap it at two, and then, you know, the person who obviously hadn't learned their lesson after the first two times or whatever does get pregnant, now this idiot is raising a child. And, you know, that's not going to necessarily be anything that's good for the well-being of the child because they're being raised by an idiot or someone who doesn't get it. Uh, so, I, I mean, I, I can I can see it both ways. I don't know. I and, like I said, you... How to find out what that number is. Freeze your eggs till you're 18. They they got that shit out there. They just don't want to put it in the hood because it's going to bring up the economy and everything. But they got that shit. But speaking of the economy, perfect segue, Eminem. Oh, yeah. Uh, (laughs) I can feel it coming. (laughs) Going to the discussion of the power of black dollars. Now, you know, Uh, Patti LaBelle came out with her pies uh, last year. And she basically sold a million dollars worth of pies in a weekend. One single weekend. And Eminem, I'll start with you on this. I mean, to me, that's the power, because you know a majority of the people who bought those pies were were probably of African-American descent. So, I mean, do you think that black dollars could reshape society if it were properly applied? Oh, definitely. It, it it definitely could do it, especially if black dollars will start to be used as leverage. I mean, not 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 in a sense of a boycott or nothing like that, but just 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 leverage to just get the attention of of of, of uh you know marketing avenues and stuff. You know, uh, uh, I think a lot of people that are you know of non color, so to speak, with power, uh, don't really understand. Uh, certain dynamics that you know that the um, that the black entrepreneur has to offer, you know, it's like. But every time somebody kind of steps out and say, "Okay, well, I don't know a lot about this shit, but I, 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 you know, I'll let you test this out," and then bam, now you're making millions doing it. It's like a win-win for everybody. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's hidden gems everywhere. I mean, especially in the, uh, you know, it was already tapped into. In entertainment, but of course, you know Barry Gordy had to 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 just kind of expose the, the 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 talents of the black world to the world, and after that, then 
you know, it broke down barriers to the point where white people say, okay, nah, we ain't letting you sign nothing to Max. We getting them before you. Because otherwise, the guy would, you know, Barry Gordon would probably be like a, uh, one of the richest people on earth, literally, uh, if that hadn't been tapped into. So the same thing with, with, with uh, food and everything else, you know. Uh, you're starting to see it more. Somebody uh, uh, come to some, you know, uh, rural part of the South or uh, some hidden gym somewhere in an urban area, and, you know, they hear about this soul food joint, and, you know, they may say, hey, you know, I can uh, I can help you market this sauce or whatever, and, and the shit might, you know, just be a, a, a major thing. So that's just some, some small examples of, of what's there, and, and it's there in, in so many aspects it's not even funny. Um, I, I can't remember... I don't even remember the facts on this. I don't. I don't know if this really happened, but I'm thinking this happened. Where I think one of the major automakers brought in like some, um, uh, I think black college students into like a, like a little marketing thing, and they kind of just gave some ideas on some um, you know designs that you know kind of that minorities tend to like, especially African Americans, and you know, and it was successful. And you start seeing. Uh, uh, I can't remember exactly what, what what make of car that was, but anyway, that was kind of like a hot item, and they start listening. You see what I'm saying? So it opens doors for a lot of people, you know. Uh, and you know, the, the whole thing with black dolls is just a stereotype. It's just, you know, black people selling shit at the at a corner of a gas station. Yeah, that's black dollars too, but that's not the whole sense okay. of the word. You know, everything that got black on it, people try to you know be little and all that stuff, but. Uh, it's a huge market for black money out there, you know, that's untapped. And black people can only tap it so much ourselves and just, you know, uh, being parishioners of each other can only go so far. But if if, if some people just kind of open some avenues up, it'll be advantages for everybody, money for everybody to be made. All right. And, uh, Buck, how do you feel about it, man? Um can I guess black dollars reshape society essentially if it's uh, properly applied? If it's properly applied, it, it can reshape um, the economy. But you know, we have to, you know, it's something that we touched on last week. We need to start teaching how you know teaching how to spend our dollars. And that's where we fall short. We do not teach our kids um, how to spend these dollars wisely. And that's something that we have to change in the, in our society. You know, we teach them, you know, we teach them sports and, and those types of things. Uh, you know, we try to teach them, you know, the, the right way to go and those kind of things, you know, your basic, you know, run-of-the-mill type stuff. But one thing that we fall short on is teaching them how to, you know, how to protect that dollar and how to spend it wisely and how to make it grow. And we as a society have fallen short, short of that for many years. Um, we typically have to learn that on our own. And if you learn it on your own, sometimes you sometimes you get good at it, some, sometimes you don't. Maybe you take a class in it, some, maybe you don't. Maybe there's an interest in, it, interest in it, maybe there's not. And these are the type of things that in order for us to, to make the black dollar go further, we have to first teach it ourselves and, you know, teach them by having, you know, setting up a bank account when they're in their, in their teens, 
um, the money that they make cutting grass or selling lemonade or whatever, put it into a bank account, um, and you know buy you know buy buy um, bonds for the kids. So therefore, when it matures, by the time they get out of college, they can use it to put down on a car they need, or maybe put a put a down payment on a house, and those type of things. Those are the kind of things that we need to start teaching our kids at an early age. So therefore. The black dollar will go further. Okay. Oh, I can't wait till my next comment because uh, and um, I, I just thought about something. Let's see. Sabretooth says that churches are getting most of the black dollars. And uh, shouts out to Joe Neckbone who's joined the chat room. Crystal, what do you think? Uh, I mean, because it doesn't seem that we as as a society can seem to understand the importance of the money that we spend. Well, I think it's the um, it's really about education, but it's generational education. Um, the education that maybe some other races um, have, of course, it starts in the home. It starts uh, we start learning as soon as we come out of the womb, and we absorb all kinds of information, and. Um, most of the information that is absorbed is what we see around us. So if you see a home um, that is, you know, you, you're doing pretty well, you hear the voices of the adults talking about savings and things of that nature, things you don't even think about, but by the time you get to an age, you know, 10 or 11, you're in school, and you start putting things together um, a lot of those things is not necessarily directly taught to you by your parents right away, but you watch it happen. Uh, so, you know, you have a um, uh, father and son day at work, and you bring your son to work, or your your son knows what you do. Um, and so you kind of figure out how that happens. There's like a pattern. You realize that, well, everybody around me um, parents get up and they go to work or, you know, maybe mom stays at home or maybe now she has her own business at home um, or vice versa. Maybe the the father does, but there's always some sort of revenue. And not only that, there's always, uh, it could be like a cushion that's there from previous generations that um, that is always around you. So you you don't even think about some of the other things. So you're just thinking forward. You're thinking okay, well, this is what you do in order to achieve wealth or to achieve uh, money or a type of life. You might not even be thinking about money per se. You're thinking about a lifestyle um, and just what you're supposed to do. Like you, you get up and go to work or you go to college and you get this type of degree and then this is what you do. And it just kind of happens that way because it's part of your, it's part of everything around you. And that's the difference between... Um, a lot of blacks, not all, but a lot of blacks um, and minorities, other minorities who don't um, have a lot of um, wealth around them, it's hard to think about that when the only thing you're thinking about is how to get from point A to point B, how to eat that day, how to feed your children or the people in your household, and maybe more than just one family, how to find a job if you don't have one or how to even get through the job that you do have 
which may or may not be menial, and then going to school, just getting out of high school is a you know a feat sometimes, and then getting to college, even now sometimes seems, you know, it, it, they don't even know how that happens. So it's it's harder. It's, it's to me, it's more of a broader issue than just well, get your money because basically this is what's been fed into a lot of um, blacks is you get yours, I'll get mine. And, you know, there it is. And that's it. So it's plenty of wealth out there that's being built, especially in the last generation, um, not just in entertainment or sports, but other ways. But we've been taught to get it and get out and don't look back, you know, keep running. And when you look back, you're like, I don't want to remember those times, so I'm just going to keep moving away. So we don't kind of rebuild within our own communities and that's because our community may have been the ghetto and who wants to come back to that even though that's what people ask you to do but it was a nightmare I don't want to go back to the nightmare I just want to stay here and and you know and have peace so it's it's a it's a generational thing it's very hard I think I think now we're learning more about it because there are more children growing up in homes where money is already there because of what maybe our generation and, and a little bit of the generation before us were able to build. So maybe the next generation, these kinds of things will already be a part of of what they do naturally, and it will start turning around. Maybe so. Maybe so. But, but um, what industries do you think that we would have the most impact on if we if we decided to go black only? Right, put our dollars in black businesses only. Who do you think it would affect the most, like the fashion industry, technology? Who do you think it would hurt the most to focus the dollars in one area? Well, I think, you know, I really don't think we can focus it on one area. I think we need to focus it on multiple areas. Um, you got to look at this thing. I mean, this is a you know, weird Black History Month. And if you look at some of the things that have been invented through time, blacks have invented it. So what we the only bad thing is is that we sell it off and we don't hold on to it or we do sell it. We don't live off the royalties and have, you know, future generations live off those royalties. So what we need to do is, I mean, we have to look at this from a broad spectrum. We got to look at a, you know, we got to paint it with a broad brush. We have to tackle all areas, not just one in particular, because we're inventing a lot of the stuff that people use today, and we got to benefit from it. And we're not going to benefit from it if we sell it off, get our get our dough, and go. We need to, you know, look at future generations, and we have to, you know, teach. This is something that needs to be taught. So. You know, we got to look at a broad brush. Not we can't focus on one area. It can be clothes. It could be it could be um, video games. It could be computers. I mean, a lot of people may not know, but uh, Acer is one of the largest computer manufacturers in this country, and it's owned by a black man. So we have to look at these areas, um, all areas, not just one in particular. So therefore, we can you know advance and move forward. All right, 
I got a caller calling from the 901 area code, uh, which I believe is the Volunteer State of Tennessee. Caller, what's your name? Hey, what's up? It's Joe Nickbone. How you doing? Joe, what's happening? From the chat room to the phone lines, what's going on? Yeah, figured I'd call in. Talking about money, I like talking about money. Why not? It's a good thing. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, in order in order to uh, to to have uh, capital, you must have capitalists, which means that you must have business people that reach a point where they can become capitalists. I heard a guy talking about Barry Gordy. He was really a small fish. You need to be looking at guys like Reginald Lewis, a guy like Joshua Smith at Maxima Corporation. You know, really, really guys that are really at the top of their game and are building capital and are becoming capitalists so that they can build hospitals, they can build neighborhoods, they can build schools, they can build the, the infrastructure that supports the black community. Like um, uh, one of my famous terms, which a lot of people hate, is you know a lot of black people in, uh, involve themselves in you know shea butter economics, which means that yeah. they look at the brother on the street selling incense and shea butter and say that's black business. It's not. That's a hobby. You know, if you're not generating real capital, then it's it's just a hobby. If you're just supporting yourself, it's a hobby. It's not a real business. You know, you got to get serious about it. And uh, one of the things I recommend to people is get the hell off of Facebook. So many people on Facebook, you know, shooting so much garbage. Get on a, a social media site that promotes business. I use one exclusively called Quora, Q-U-R-A.com. On Quora, it's a social networking site that's mainly geared to people who are interested in business and in tech and in history, and you can ask real questions to real people that are the heads of businesses. And one of the things you see there are a lot of young cats, young white guys and young Indian guys that are asking questions like, how do I value my company for first-round VC funding? You know, to see a kid who's 20 or 21 ask you questions like that, you got to yeah. say to yourself, well, hell, you know, dude got, you know, has he's thinking big. You know, he's not thinking about, well, I just want to get the, a job coming out of college. He's like, nah, I want to change the world. And by changing right. the world, I'm looking to get some VC capital funding, you know, how to distribute, you know, my stock, you know, to, to you know, found the stock to my initial startup team. When you see kids asking questions like that, you got to say, man, these dudes, you know, are light years ahead of, you know, a whole lot of folks out there that are just like a thing, thinking about, you know, getting a job at their local McDonald's or something like that, you know, and it. It would be nice to see black kids thinking that big. Like, forget just getting an hourly gig that makes money. Forget that. I want to change the world. And by changing the world, I want to start a company that produces a product or service that everyone will buy into. You know, that's that big idea thinking that we have to instill in our children. You know, uh, and so, like I said, I recommend everybody get on Quora, look at the questions being asked because those are the questions that are coming from the next generation. And then the next step is to encourage our next generation to think that big because they're going to enter a world where those Indians and white guys are already running shit. You know, they're already ready to right. You don't want them to be their employee. You want them to be their competitor. So I'll sit back and listen. All right. Good stuff. Good stuff, man. I like that. And I think – um, what you mentioned as far as education goes uh, a long way with that, and you have to you have to get a group of people. You know, if you think about it, if you got a group of young black kids and taught them how to be entrepreneurs, imagine what they can do for the world. And um, it takes us building our own schools in order to try to help and make things like that happen. 
you know, one of the things he said about. And then when I think back to, like, I'm, you know, in from Jackson, Mississippi, and Eminem can probably heard oh my the God. of this I back in the day. Man. Yeah, really? Two group. Yes. Okay, just, just about everyone in my family did. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, I probably know some of your people. <laughs> okay, okay. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's like, um, you know, in, in Jackson, Mississippi, Ferris Street. And the I Ferris, know Ferris Street very area. Well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. at one time, um, I mean, in the early 1900s, all the way up through the 40s and 50s, Ferris Street was a very popular black community. It's one of the meccas of the South. As far as black communities goes, I mean, black-owned businesses, black churches, black banks loaning these people money to have their businesses. And, you know, when the whole desegregation thing came about, it was, you know, great for, for race relations, but it was very hard on black businesses. And people on yep. Ferris Street thrived because they were in charge of their own destiny, you know, and once things became mixed together, now you're asking someone who may or may not have your best interest at heart. Things just change. And I just think that we have a lot more influence than what we know. Like I said, Patty LaBelle made a million dollars in a weekend, okay, from Paz. So just think about the impact we would have on other things if we focus our dollars where it would benefit us the most. And yeah, but you got to understand something about Patty. Patty did not start off selling pies to black people. That was not her intent. She just wanted to sell pies. Oh, yeah. I don't think she cared at the time where it came from. I'm just saying this, no. the support that went behind her just showed it was an example of how we can impact businesses. Mm-hmm. You know, and... Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure Patty didn't care who bought them. She just wanted to just get out there. And then, I mean, of course, if Patty wasn't Patty LaBelle, it wouldn't have gotten the traction it did initially either. So, I mean, that kind of played into it. But sure. I just wanted to use it as an example. And, mm-hmm. you know, with it being Black History Month, with all the recent controversy about um, Beyonce's Super Bowl performance, um, I don't know if you all saw the Grammys last night. Kendrick Lamar had a very... Uh, good performance and he put on a nice show and um, there was a lot of blackness (laughs) in his performance. And so I'm hoping that we're starting to become conscious again, mainstream. Um, Right now it just seems trendy, but hopefully it's something that people can possibly start to take seriously and starting with the celebrities because they can be the driving force behind it. Uh, But I mean, there is an importance of, when it comes to black dollars, you know, and black wealth, which is something that we don't discuss with our children either. A lot of us want to be rich, but we don't have the concept of being wealthy, you know, and a lot of us don't have the concept of preparing our kids or leaving our kids something um, to build upon. You know, a lot of us will leave our kids with a funeral home bill. You know, that's not how you do it. You know, you need to leave your kids something to build upon so they can leave their kids something. That's how you do well. It's, it's generational. I mean, Donald Trump is a billionaire, but Donald Trump had, you know, million dollar seed money because his dad left him, gave him something. Right. He got it from his you dad. Yeah. So, and it's a lot easier when you have a million dollars and the networking of your father, you know, his name, in order to try to move on to wherever you're trying to go. And it's, that's something that we have to do, but it takes time. And until yeah. we we stop putting 
until we start putting more money away uh, for our kids and focus on being parents as opposed to, you know, trying to get it how we live, I mean, we're not going to leave them anything that they can fight with, you know. So, but go ahead, Eminem, and then I'll get ready to get into final thoughts. Yeah, yeah, man, that, that that's uh, all excellent, excellent points. But I, I want to go back and uh, kind of uh, uh, piggyback, well, necessarily the night piggyback, springboard off uh, some of that uh, uh, some of that breakdown Crystal had about how it's, it's, it's bigger than just what it is, you know, socially with just the way of thinking. And I, I want to just go back to almost this time last year and you know you you hear about it all the time uh in anywhere about you know slavery and stuff that is the direct consequence of slavery that can't you know you, you know people try to turn a blind eye to stuff and you know that's why the stuff with Beyonce is so controversial and I'm tying it into the black dollars and I'm not talking about slavery I'm tying it with the black economics and stuff mm-hmm. is just because there's not a White man chewing tobacco, standing on your back, whooping your ass, saying pick cotton. Oh yeah, that shit is over and done. But the effects is long, goes for generations. Each generation, people were pretty much taught do better than the one before, which is understandable, which is great. But the thing is, it's just like where Donald Trump's grandfather was already looking at the future and you know basically willing everybody hundreds of thousands of dollars, and his daddy was able to wheel him maybe a couple of million and so on. The, the You know, I use my ancestors, for example. You know, um, I was the uh, the first generation to, you know, <laughs> graduate high school. And, you know, I, I ended up graduating college too, but I'm just saying I did better, but my better is so far behind <laughs> somebody else's. See what I'm saying? So, yeah. I think a lot of what we're seeing, just the way of thinking and everything, it's like so many minorities in America have just been put into survival mode that even when somebody's telling you the truth, like right now, somebody can be in my driveway right now telling me, hey, man, you know, I got this kill investment. It's called 1995.com. If you man, you give me five hundred dollars right now, man. I swear, man, shit, man. Probably in five years, you, your ass be a millionaire. But I got to have the money right now. Now this is kind of a fictitious analogy with the right now part. But the point I'm making is, you know, because of other circumstances, some of my own doing, you know, it's all about survival. It's just like, damn, I just had to pay a past due light bill yesterday, and you know, I got a two or three backed up. Hospital bills with the insurance and paying bill collectors calling shit. See, niggas thinking about shit like that. You know, even the people that, that, even when you try to be responsible, even when you get a certain level of education, you almost still have to have a springboard just to get you out of that survival mode. Now, once you're out of survival mode, you know, that's why I always tell people, and, you know, well, before my days is totally gone, I, I, I guarantee I can prove it if I ever get to show everybody. You give me some money, I guarantee you, I, I mean, you know, all you got to do is tell me something hot and I'm in on it. But long as I'm the person I am now, you know, just raising a family and, you know, <laughs> in the hood and in the whole nine, well, yeah, I'm basically surviving. But it don't mean I don't know. I don't think about this shit. Right. But it's just that that's not the reality of so many. So 
with black people and, you know, other minorities um, that don't have ties to their home country and all that kind of stuff, is even with the people who become more educated and become knowledgeable, the people who don't take their tax refund and buy rims and stuff like that, they still have to kind of feel like they have to get past that survival mode before they can truly uh, reap the benefits of some of that knowledge they might have. So, uh, okay. But I, I think everybody had excellent points, but that was one of the, the points that I really wanted to bring up, that that is a direct result of, of slavery. You can't beat the fuck out of everybody, take everything you have, and say, now you're free, now catch up in, in one generation, two generations, three generations. I mean, the shit takes time. There's no excuse. It definitely it takes, takes time. time. All right, and I got one more caller before I get into final thoughts. To the 314 area code to show me state of Missouri and bring on Pianchi. How's it going? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? Doing great, doing great. Glad to have you back on. You want to comment? Well, you know, you made a good, <clears throat> somebody made a good analogy about the inability to leave wealth to your next generation. And <clears throat> that's why I come out, I ask blacks, why do you criticize a black person who's, you know, doing well when they want to vote a party different than yours? You should have people everywhere that's fighting in your interest. In every meeting. You can't be in all the meetings. Another point. Democrats will tax the hell out of the money that you want to leave your children. Now, some people say, well, it's at a certain level. Well, what are you do? supposed to make up to that point and stop? <laughs> With death taxes and inheritance taxes, they tax that at some tremendous rate. Republicans are against it. I can't think of the guy Steinbrenner. He's the owner of the New York Yankees. Yeah. You know, I, I, I hate to say this, but he died at the right year. Because the year he died, his his taxes on his that wealth was based on the same as his normal income. But mm-hmm. after he died, it went back up to where it was. So, you know, people have different opinions. When people move up into different areas of the economic classifications in this country. They're going to have different opinions. And it's all right. But see, those are the ones who have the discretionary funds to do what needs to be done. They can come back and and compete against uh, these other ones who are trying to get a foothold in your community, in your economic system. Do you realize how many black children are starting to attend schools where the tuition, I'm talking about high schools, in some mm-hmm. cases, grade school, where the tuition is over $40,000 a year. Mm-hmm. So they're going to have a different mindset. If their mindset is fashion, whereas they're talking about the development and the controlling of this economic paradigm that we live in, that we consist of, should I say, then that's great. But if you always ridicule them and call them Uncle Tom's and Uncle Mustard and all that kind of stuff, well, what do you think the kind of attitude they're going to have? So uh, we got to start broadening our perspective more so than what we do. Okay. I appreciate that, and I definitely agree with you. We definitely have to kind of um, stop looking at people with such a, I guess, with, with tunnel vision to think anything outside of that scope is, is wrong by any means. And um, I, I had a podcast last night. For those who may have missed it, you can go to 
TalkToQ.com, and they talked about black wealth and the importance of leaving something behind for our children. So, uh, I mean, that's the only way we're ever going to catch up is to stop trying to ball out of control for our lives only and then leave nothing for our children because the purpose of being a parent is to make sure your child has it better than, you know, what you did. And that doesn't mean that they have a better pair of shoes. It means that they have property, you know, and, and things of that nature to pass on to their children and to have and something that has, you know, some long-standing um, items. You don't want to leave them a bottle of Ciroc. So go ahead and get into our final thoughts. Uh, tomorrow we're talking sports, uh, zone coverage at 9 p.m. Eastern. And next week is the season finale, and also I'll be celebrating uh, my fifth anniversary next week. The show has been on the air five years, February 2011. So um, I'll do something special next Tuesday. I haven't quite figured it out yet. But uh, go to TalkToQ.com to get more show information. So we'll go ahead with final thoughts. And, Crystal, I'll start with you with um, anything you want to discuss on tonight, about tonight's show. Crystal? Okay, I'm sorry. Um, uh, very good show. And um enjoyed all of the opinions um, uh, regarding uh, wealth. I did listen to your podcast. It was very interesting. Thank you very much. Um, the, Of course, the thing about abortion, I said what I had to say on that. I am definitely pro-choice. There it is. Um, and regarding, what was it, the, oh, relationships and cheating, um, Bottom line is you always have to weigh your losses and your gains. And so in a dating situation, there really are no gains, so just keep it moving. When you're married, there may be some gains or maybe some more things to think about, of course. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think as the level goes up in the relationship, that um, should determine whether or not you should just Hold on, let me think about the big picture. Right. You know, am I going to give up my life and my family or even my future family just because this dude was just a guy being an idiot? So, um, but anyway, good show, good um, uh, comments and everything from everyone. So, I'll see you again next week. Thank you very much, ma'am. Mm-hmm. And Buck. Great show tonight. Loved all the opinions. Um, all these subjects are, you know, things that we need to continue to talk about. Um, and as far as I'm concerned, you know, we have to start teaching our youth, you know, the value of a dollar, and it has, it has to start very young, you know, in the in the age process. Regardless to whether it's taught in schools or not, I think it's something that we all need to touch on. Um, if we, you know, start when they're young, you know, when they're getting into their late teens, they'll know how to spend. They'll they'll understand the value of a dollar. Not only that, they'll know how to spend it wisely instead of on junk like video games and and candy and food and you know trying to go to the movies and all that kind of crap. Those things come in time. You know, we got to teach them how to save some first instead of just spin, spin, spin. 
And a lot of times we, you know, we as parents, we lose sight of that. And we need to, you know, start at an early age, you know, teaching them, teaching them those types of things. Therefore, you know, when they get out of school, they may just have a little money in their pocket. And along the way, we may even help ourselves too. So I just think we need to just start at an early age doing this, starting to put things back. Um, if you do get a, you know, a large sum of money, those types of things should be thought of on the front end instead of thinking about, you know, you know, getting out of, you know, trying to survive. You need to kind of, you know, invest a little bit. So, therefore, not only are you doing it for your kid, but you're doing it for yourself. So we all we got to start somewhere. So now we need to, you know, continue to do those type of things. So great show, and everybody have a great night. Thank you very much, sir. And Pianchi, you have any final thoughts or that you want to go ahead and get out? Well, I agree with the last speaker about uh, what needs to be done with the children. The children need to be exposed as much as possible. You need to start preparing them for higher education starting around the 6th or 7th grade. And one other thing, we need to start directing our children into high-paying majors because if you don't earn it. And, you know, here's another point, too. We talk about we need to have more businesses, which is good. Mm-hmm. But you're hard-pressed to start a business knowing psychology, I mean, I don't know what you're going to do with it. If you want to have and be on the trend of things, like the STEM fields, for instance, then you have to start directing your children into those areas. They can have a minor in something else, but their major should be in the areas that have a prosperous future-looking trend, trend projection, that is. So that's all I wanted to say. Okay. I appreciate it. Thanks for calling in. And um, good to hear from you again. And Joe? Yeah, hey, uh, I just want to say uh, next time I pass through Jackson, man, I'll, I'll treat you to a drink at the Penguin, you know, so. Uh, Sounds go good, Joe. I've never been. you never been? Oh, my God. You from Jackson? Man, you, tell me you've never <laughs> been to an Isaac, Isaac Bird party either. <laughs> Never been to an Isaac Bird party. Oh my God! Hey, anyway, you know, don't tell me I'm more Jackson than you am. I'm from New York. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, but anyway, yeah. Um, I think we gotta we gotta do like Pianchi says and, and and stop calling anybody who's achieving success or looking for success cools. You know, that just takes away from the whole initiative. You know, uh, uh, of going for it. And also too, black people don't have to be scared of capitalism. For some reason. Capitalism seems like a bad word to a whole lot of black folks, and I don't understand why. You know, mm-hmm. uh, there's good and bad capitalism, but it depends on you. You know, but the the, the institution of capitalism itself is inherently not bad. It's how you it's how you uh, approach it as a person. So anyway, uh, uh, yeah, I'm glad I got a chance to talk to you in this year, and uh, you know, it's good to hear everybody's opinions and stuff. And uh, I'll be calling again. All right, most definitely, man. Most definitely, I sent you an email. So yeah, uh, got it. Yeah, we have to, when did you finish at Tougaloo, by the way? Oh man, that was in '84. '84. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, we'll definitely talk, man. Yeah. 
All right. And Eminem, shut it down for me. Oh, man. Wow. Good to be back home. Uh, man, uh, uh, great opinions on, on, on everything and stuff. Uh, um, you know, uh, I, I just think that it's so much depth that goes into anything when it comes to, you know, improving this, uh, even though the show wasn't about improving uh, the black community, but so many factors are involved. I mean, on so many levels, things have to change, and you know, for the better, for the survival of all of us and future generations. But uh, uh, a person I like to give a major, major shout-out to when it comes to, and, and this is on the topic of, you know, black dollars, I think it was in 1965, six maybe, uh, when everybody else was, you know, kind of talking about the other things that, you know, that went along with, you know, the civil rights movement, one person uh, that was kind of in the forefront that was saying something that kind of was unheard at that time because I guess it just really didn't resonate, but Jim Brown, yeah, the great Jim Brown, the football player, was talking about controlling your economics, controlling your dollars and all that kind of stuff. I mean, he preached that hard. You know, and um, mm-hmm. and investing in, in, in not only in yourself, but just uh, learning how to expand and, 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 and you know, major in finance and, you know, learn the, 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 the all the nuances that go into, you know, uh, uh, banking and the stock market. He was talking about all that kind of stuff, um, you know, but I was just wondering if, if he'd have had a large following other than just, you know, football fans. How many more black millionaires possibly we would have out there today, just based off of that, you know? Um, so I, I think that now with the with the with the latest uh, uh, older generation, which is pretty much us now, I think people are starting to see the value of, uh, you know, not only just being, uh, you know, morally conscious and socially conscious, but you know, understand that hey, you know, you know. Uh, you know, uh, that, that you can prosper without just having to just get a job and all that kind of shit, you know. They're pretty much the way, you know, uh, a lot of us was taught, uh, especially me, because, you know, in the area I'm from and, you know, in the state I'm from, it's just like, you know, people meant well, but really nobody didn't know how to, all they could say was just like, you know, do good in school, you know, what the fuck that mean, you know? But uh, you know, but you know, but it's, it's no blueprint, you know. I mean, I understand in hindsight. Oh, of course, it was meant one hundred percent the way it, sh- you know, should have been meant. But nobody had the blueprint, and I think that that's one part of the whole equation that's missing. Is that you know, when younger people, especially people that come from you know. Uh, social situations where even if nobody's not in jail and all this stuff, they just don't know. I mean, there's no structure to show you, okay, this is what you do with your money. And I think that um, just as important as as it was uh, back, I think, in, uh, well, not think, but back in 08, when a lot of the more mainstream, notable people, P. Diddy, people like that, was just trying to, you know, push you know, young people like, hey, you know, go vote, and it was really making a difference. And people had T-shirts on, and you know, rock the vote, and all that stuff came out. Well, on the same token, you know, everything can't fall on a on a known person. 
You know, everything socially can't fall on the entertainer. You know, some of these people that are very successful that, you know, none of us know by name because they just kind of like hidden gems, they're going to have to just come from behind the desk. And I'm sure they write checks all the time. But they're going to just have to come and start teaching some of these young brothers and sisters how to fish sometimes instead of just giving them fish. You know what I mean? You know, so mm-hmm. um, I, I think that's something that's kind of unsaid because when you're unknown, nobody knows how to attack you. You know, it's easy to talk about people you see on TV. Oh, they ought to be doing this. All they do is cuss on them records. They ought to be doing this. they ignorant. They don't know. But there are countless people that can show a lot of people exactly what to do with their money and stuff like that. But, um, and it's their choice, don't get me wrong, but they just tend to just kind of make it and, and don't worry about it. I mean, it's like, you know, before that bright mind that's in that school that you came out of who's not in a gang, who's not selling drugs, it ain't just good enough to pat this dude on the back when he graduated valedictorian. He's still from the hood. He's still from parents that probably can't show him shit. So he has to have some type of direction to put him on the right path. And and, and like uh, I think it was Pianchi, uh had said about, you know, you know, uh, you know what to major in. See, this is the stuff that people can't really help somebody with because they don't know. You see what I'm saying? So right. that's kind of like the missing nuance now that we're starting to discover is that, you know, you know, certain levels of knowledge you just can't get from from everybody. You know, certain people can only give you that. You know, I can't teach you how to be a millionaire if I'm not one. You know, I'm just a smart, broke dude in the hood. I, I'm not a millionaire. That shit can only come from somebody who done made it and say, hey, man, let me tell you what, you know, this sounds good, but, brother, you might need to do this. Take some classes on this, and when you get this, do this, you know. So, um just wanted to throw that out there, but, you know, we we can go. Mm-hmm. Uh, a topic like this can really go, no exaggeration, every night for a month straight, and we still have stuff to cover. It's just that deep. Uh, but slavery is real, and the repercussions of it is today, and people need to realize that. It's not an excuse, but it's a reality. Uh, as far as the relationships, I'm going to sum it all up. For your new listeners, new callers, if you pass Bill 1313, you start legalizing the Un, un, uh, <laughs> fabricated, uncontrolled, total legalization of prostitution, the world's oldest and greatest profession, you will instantly sync up any kind of relationship. You will show up families. You will definitely change economics. You will put more people in school. Uh, the list goes on. The benefits goes, <laughs> I mean, I, I can go on and on and on. And and, and if you think I'm driving. The facts don't. The, the facts is there. Look at uh, 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 Belgium and and and, and the uh, Netherlands and and all these different parts of the of the world. Amsterdam stuff. And you look at the crime rates they have. You look at the educational system. You look at all that. Everybody happy, man. You know, they either high or high and fucking. You know, so you can't go wrong either way it go. So, uh, you know, uh, uh. So, I, I, man, I'm just glad to be part of this here shit. And I didn't know the fifth year anniversary was coming up next week, but I'm going to, you know, make sure that I'm not in class or nothing like that because I, I, I don't want to, you know, I can't miss that show. So. Okay. So make sure y'all tune in because, you know, 
because you know he always do it real big on 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 the anniversary shows. A lot of time he play clips of shit from back in the day and when you know way before the the million hits on 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 his blog thing and and way before the the actual you know legends was created. The whole nine. So y'all need to tune into that shit. Right, I appreciate that, man. And I appreciate appreciate all of you all tuning in tonight. Uh, It's a great show, great discussion. And, um, you know, it's a lot going on. And, like I said, I'm hoping that we're kind of turning around a little bit as far as black people in consciousness. Mm -hmm. And um, there's a Black Panther documentary on PBS this evening that um, I recorded. And um, I'm going to check it out to see... um, What's being discussed with it? I think it's kind of perfect timing on that. Cause a lot of people have a misconception of the Black Panthers, thinking it's like a black version of the KKK, and it's right, quite the, the a political party, right? Right. Quite they the opposite. Right. So, political party, no different than Democrat yeah. Republican. Exactly. But you got to protect your community at all costs. That's the only difference, and the motherfuckers yeah. can't stand that. Yeah, it was initially called the Black Panther um, Party for Defense, self-defense. So. All right, but uh, again, my thanks to all of you, my show legends, callers, chat room participants, uh, for joining tonight's show. The show can be heard every Tuesday and Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. Go to TalkToQ.com to get a calendar of events and upcoming shows. If you want to hear previous shows, then subscribe to me on iTunes or Stitcher Radio and get caught up, or you can right here at Blog Talk Radio, go through the archives. Like I said, I did a podcast last night talking about black wealth. Um, So check it out. It's about 12 minutes long, and you can listen to it. You can also visit my blog over at thankq.me, and um, I also posted a blog um, about black wealth. And go see why that blog has gotten over 1 million hits, thankq.me. Everyone have a great night. Peace out. If you like sports, I'll talk to you on tomorrow. If not, I'll see you next Tuesday where we'll celebrate five years. Everyone take care. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? My name is Quincy. And this is my show, the Talk to Q Radio Show. Call it in. Let me thank you for having on your show. It's so awesome to be here with you and all your listeners. I never really have a lot of pity for females when it comes to relationships. Well, I am pro-woman, but I'm not anti-man. I know the value of a good man. You know, we need more shows like this because people need as much relationship help out there as they can get.
way he was saying some of it, it was ignorant. And I'm going to call it how I see it. Count this bitch. I buy a number. Oh, my God. Is that it? 